Welcome to Total Health Transformation Podcast, hosted by Dr. Danny Scarhill. Dr. Danny is a doctor of chiropractic, an author, speaker, and trainer. And on the THT Podcast, he interviews other health experts to glean further insights that will help you achieve total health transformation. Welcome to the Total Health Transformation Podcast. My name is Dr. Danny Scarhill, the founder of dannyscarhill.com, the author of Total Health Transformation, the proven system to unlock limitless energy, motivation, and health, and the creator of the Total Health Transformation programs. Let's get straight into it on this episode. So Neil Kingham is a practitioner and teacher of Chinese medicine and creator of the Radiant Health System. He specializes in uh, the Chinese self-help and self-cultivation practices, helping people to achieve what is known as radiant health, the optimum state of human health and well-being. He runs, a busy or he runs busy practices in Bristol and also in South Wales, as well as teaching, writing, and coaching. And for more information on Neil after this call, go to uh, neilkingham.com. So without further ado, welcome Neil Kingham to the call. How are you doing, sir? Thanks, Danny. Uh, I'm great, yeah. How are you? Very well, thanks, mate, on this uh, spring evening. So, Beautiful, isn't it? It is indeed. So tell us a little bit about your journey, Neil. How did you get to where you are now today? What's What's gone on? Okay, well, do you know what? It took me a while. It's been quite a long journey. Um, I guess it started when I went to university. I went to uh, Warwick Uni uh, to study psychology. Uh, and it wasn't really the psychology that, that got me, you know, that set me off. But I started a Tai Chi class when I was there. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't really know what Tai Chi was at the time. This is, you know, we're talking maybe something like 18 years ago, and it wasn't nearly as well known as it is now. Someone just told me it's a bit like yoga. And so I thought, well, that sounds good, I'll give that a try. And I was just instantly hooked. I just loved the, just everything about it. My, my teacher at that time would often talk about the, the Chinese philosophies about health and well-being. And I just found that it made so much sense to me. Uh, and I really just kind of immersed myself in it. And I you know, went out and bought some books, as you do, and, and that kind of thing. And I gradually got more and more interested. And that was really what set the whole thing off. But like I say, it's, it, then it took me a while. It, it, that stayed as an interest, and I, I've practiced Tai Chi or Qigong ever since. Um, and about, I guess, eight, well, I suppose I started my uh, training, my acupuncture training, about maybe 10, 11 years ago. So it took me a good few years to get to that point. Um, but and So it's kind of gradually evolved from that little seed. I got so much more interested in it. And just the... The, the beauty and the poetry of Chinese medicine um, and all the, the different things that you can do with it and it helped me so much that that kind of spurred me on to, to the point where I am now. Interesting. So um, what, what was it about the, the Chinese medicine that attracted you to it with, from a sort of a health standpoint? What, what was it that made you decide that as opposed to one of many different possibilities? Yeah. Good question. I think, I, do you know what, I've asked myself that same question before. I'm not sure, I'm not sure I've ever come up with a, 
a really good answer. There's something about, I mean, I should say I'm not Chinese. I have no, you know, um, Chinese blood in me that I'm aware of. Um, I have no particular links with China, which I do now, but I didn't have then. Um, but there's something about the way that human life is described and health and well-being and everything else that I, I used the word poetic earlier and it's it's just I find it, it really kind of resonated with me in, in a way that other things I'd looked at in the past just didn't there's a really detailed and in, in a way sort of common sense way of looking at, at what it is to be human you know and so they have these amazing beautiful uh, descriptions of states of health and illness, which really, you know, I find in my practice, if I describe to someone, uh, you know, this is the, the Chinese diagnosis that you've got, and I describe to them what that means, and I often get the reaction, yes, that's it, you've got it, you know, and a real kind of like a light bulb sort of thing, because it just describes how things feel. Does that make sense? It does. It does indeed. So, um, along the way, over the uh, years, on your quest for health. I presume like most health practitioners, you're always on a quest to improve your health more and more so that you can then role model, if you like, for your clients. Um, yeah. Along the way, have you had any, any failures, any big lessons that you've learned about health? Do you know what? I think I wouldn't say there are any massive failures. There's no kind of falling off the wagon type disasters, but I think what there have been is quite a lot of small failures, and I think that's such a common thing, and it's, you know, something that, that I've certainly experienced, and I see it a lot in the, you know, my patients and the people I coach, that there's, you know, life is so busy for all of us these days, and it's, we all have good intentions, but it's it's just so easy to have just these little kind of, I don't even, even know if failures is the right word, but along the way, you know, it's just so tempting to, oh, it's a bit cold, so I'm not going to go for that run today, or, uh, you know, I'll just have another glass of wine, or and that cream cake looks really tempting, and, you know, you kind of, it, I think it's about constantly, you use the word journey, I think that's really good, that for me it's not, a goal, it's the path, you know, it's the journey along the way. And so it's very easy, I think, to, to just take little wrong turnings here and there. And certainly that's what I've done. And, it, you know, it's, that's part of it for me. It's that constant sort of readjusting and saying, do you know what? I've been doing that bit wrong. I need to address this particular aspect of my health, you know, or that kind of thing. So I think there's lots of that that has gone on. And no doubt, to be quite honest with you, is still going on. Um, and I guess that's probably pretty normal. So I'd say, yeah, lots of small failures, but no one big massive thing. But I think in a way, being mindful of those small things along the way is, is just as useful. Oh, absolutely. It's that old attitude, isn't there, that um, all success is built on failures, you know, whether they're big yeah. failures or little ones, you know, you, you build on them as you go through, don't you? Yeah, so long as you, so long as you learn the lesson, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, you would hope so, wouldn't you, over time? Yeah, that you wouldn't <laughs> keep, sometimes keep... Not, not so easy, I suppose. Exactly. Well, you, you wouldn't want to uh, be repeating the same mistakes over and over, would you? So, um, I, a lot of us do, though. I think we all, we all have a bit of a, a spell of that, don't we, where there's something which just doesn't quite hit home. And it maybe takes a few, crops up a few times, and then you kind of 
eventually realise, hang on a minute, <laughs> I see what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's such a good idea to have coaches and mentors to hold you accountable, isn't it? To, yeah, um, to point these things yeah, out to you. So, um, do you, have you had uh, in the past, and do you still have uh, inspirations and mentors to help you get healthy? I mean, who are your role models, and who who are they today? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of people, I suppose, you know, over the years. It was the people around me who, you know, more experienced Tai Chi practitioners, who I could see, you know, I could kind of see in them some things that I wanted to achieve, you know. And Tai Chi is, uh, I'm sure you know, you know it's, as I said, it's reasonably common these days, but it's fantastic on so many levels and so many ways. And I could kind of see in some of, some of those people a sort of a, a kind of a peace and contentment that, that has a, you know, quite, it's quite a, sort of a magical quality in a person and, and quite rare these days, I suppose. Um, and so that, that was one of the things that first attracted me. And then I've been very lucky, I think, you know, I feel really thankful that I've had some really great teachers and mentors and coaches along the way. Um, and that's a kind of a constant thing, really. I, I, I always seek out what the people who I think are the, the best, you know, doing the best things. And so, uh, you know, the, a lot of the names probably won't, won't mean much to a lot of people outside of Chinese medicine, but people like Daverick Leggett, um, he's reasonably well known in the, in the nutrition field. Um, he's one of my, my sort of current mentors and has been for some years. Um, and just, but just really people who are really immersed in, not necessarily Chinese medicine, that, that's my thing, so a lot of the people I look to are you know, involved in the same field. But I think just anyone who's, who's doing what they love, really, for me that's the most inspiring thing, is you know, not putting up with just the, the mundane stuff and, and really sort of taking a stand in a way, I guess, and just saying, this is what I'm into, this is what I want to do. Anyone who's doing that in any field, I, I think is, that's really inspiring. Agreed, absolutely. So, um, energy is contagious, isn't it? So if you're if you mm. full of uh, positive energy, that's contagious in, in, you know, in, in a great way. Likewise, the opposite can be as well, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, sure. I agree. So I'm really interested about Tai Chi, uh, Neil, mm. because I remember years ago, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to do a lot of martial arts. I did karate and also kickboxing. And uh, my dad always did karate as well until he got a little bit older. And then he decided he'd, he'd had enough and he wanted to try Tai Chi. And mm. uh, he described Tai Chi to me as, you know, like in karate, you do katas to get your gradings yeah. and your belt. My dad says to me, it's like uh, the kata in slow motion. What, what would you say yeah. like that, about that? That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good description, actually. Funny enough, I did the same as your dad. Um, but I, I also did martial arts you know, when I was young. I started doing karate when I was, I think, eight, eight or nine or something, um, at my dad's suggestion. I did that for years. And then I, I too, switched to Tai Chi, um, as I said, when I went to university. And then, very different, uh, very different practices, but yeah, I suppose the, the practice of Tai Chi does look a bit like the, the karate katas slowed down. Uh, what a lot of people don't realise is that Tai Chi has strong martial roots, so it's rarely taught that way these days, but there's, there's real martial arts aspects to Tai Chi, um, at the same time as the, 
the more if you like yoga like stuff so a lot of you know deep breathing relaxation techniques and all that kind of meditative the more meditative side of it uh, which seem a bit like opposites, don't they? The, the martial arts side and then the kind of meditation side. But that's that's typical of the the Oriental arts to kind of contain those two. But very very profound healing practice. I think it's one of so Tai Chi and Qi Gong, which is similar, uh, are really one of the most profound healing practices in my opinion. And you know the the health benefits that I've experienced over the years and that I've seen in other people from these kind of practices is really amazing. Just first of all from a stress reduction point of view. Um, first of all, just when you're practicing, you know, you feel quite chilled out and relaxed. But then the more you practice, those effects really begin to spill over into your everyday life and become much more a part of you rather than just when you're practicing. And I think just from that level alone, let alone all the, the other kind of physical health benefits and, and other things, this is such a good practice. That's fascinating. Um, I, you mentioned Qigong just now. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about how um, practicing Qigong can really boost your energy and vitality. Can you elaborate a little bit more on about what that's all about? Yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, the, the, the technical thing is that, so if, if people haven't heard of Qigong, there's, you can effectively think of Tai Chi and Qigong as the same. In actual fact, Technically, you could say that Tai Chi is a form of Qigong. So Qigong is a bigger kind of umbrella category. Um, it means, incidentally, it means so Qi is energy, and Gung is something like work or practice. So Qigong is an energy practice. And that therein lies the answer to, the, to your question, really, that all of the all of Chinese medicine, including Qigong and Tai Chi, work with Qi, work with our energy, and yeah, there's a lot of ideas about Qi, it's, it sounds a bit mystical and it's you know it's a funny sort of word, but really we're just talking about normal human functioning really. And so the purpose of Tai Chi and Qigong is, is twofold really, to strengthen the Qi, the Chinese would say, and also to regulate the Qi. So you need both. You need to have plenty of energy, but also you need your whole system to be balanced and regulated. Um, so that means, you know, not too much on the hot side, not too much on the cold side, not too active, not too inactive. Um, and Tai Chi and Qigong practice with its combination of different things, so it's breathing, specific breathing techniques there, specific movements and postures, different meditation techniques, some styles use visualizations and things like that, because it's got so much in it. It's, that's, that, I think, is the secret of it, which is why it's so effective at strengthening Qi for better energy levels and also regulating Qi um, to uh, reduce stress. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It's, it sounds uh, like it could be a very uh, useful tool to, to add to yeah. the tool belt, if you like. I think so. And, but also it's very accessible. You, you, know, you don't have to be super fit to do it. You can be any age. You know, kids can do it and you can do it very, very elderly. In fact, in, Thai, um, in China, Tai Chi is often practiced more by older people. Um, and so, you know, it's very accessible. There's no real kind of restrictions to it. Anyone can, can do at least some Tai Chi or Qigong. And the, the, the benefits are normally pretty quick. Um, when I, I don't teach a regular class anymore, at least at the moment. But, you know, I'd, I would notice people really quickly after their first few classes would 
would begin to, you know, they'd sort of come up to me and say, oh, you know, I've been feeling this, or I feel really chilled out, or I just feel like I've got so much more energy during the day, and I think the effects can be quite quick, actually. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing practice. I would recommend that anyone who hasn't tried it just goes and, you know, stick it in Google. There's so many classes around these days. Um, just, get, yeah, give it a try. Yeah, I might do that myself, actually. Sounds, sounds very interesting. So, uh, with, with either of those practices, do you find yeah. that it uh, increases or improves flexibility? Because a lot of people tend to be pretty inflexible these days, don't they? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely helped me. Um, it's, I mean, if, if you wanted to practice mainly or specifically for flexibility, then possibly yoga or something like that might be might be your best choice. But but yeah, definitely. It, the movements are gentle and slow and they look easy. Some of them are pretty easy, but they're they're cleverly designed to work your entire body. So you go through a full range of movement, very different joints, and so it doesn't feel like a workout. But over time, you become much, much more flexible. Also very good for your balance. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that often, especially in China, that elderly people take to Tai Chi to, to kind of maintain you know, flexibility and, and kind of physical movements. But equally valuable, of course, for, you know, for people of all age, including, including younger people. Excellent. So um, a good question. Well, I think it's a good question. What is it that drives you to do the work that you do today, and why? I can only answer that by sounding a bit cheesy, to be honest, um, which is, I guess, that what, what could be better than to, to be able to work in a way where you're genuinely able to help people? And that, yeah, that's a bit of a cliche, but, but it's so true, you know, and it just, I feel like the things I've learned over the years have been so valuable to me and have helped me so much that it would be wrong not to pass that on. And so, you know, as much as I, I have my practice and I, you know, I do acupuncture and massage and these different things, but my, it's as much for me about passing on the knowledge about teaching and coaching as well, because that way it's not me doing things to people, although that's important as well, but it's about empowering and, and helping people to discover some of the great stuff that, that I've been lucky enough to discover. So for me, it's, it, it's about that really. And just the, the, the small things, like I've, I've had a busy day today in my clinic, and uh, it's a lady I've been seeing for, I guess, a couple of months. And she had a, a, a slightly odd problem with the knee that, that didn't really have a diagnosis. But it's just a little bit unusual. No one's quite sure what's going on. And I was able to help her with acupuncture mainly. And, you know, I saw her today and just, it might seem like a small thing. And I guess in some ways it is. It's, it was nothing life-threatening. But the difference in her quality of life, now that she can do simple things like go up and down stairs, which she couldn't do before, um, and get in and out of a car, it is just, and she was just so pleased to have, to have seen this massive change. And which for her, you know, massive change in her health. And yeah, that was that was the last person I saw today. And what, you know, what a lovely way to finish the day. You know, I just I just sort of walked out into the sunshine as well, you know, with a smile on my face. And it's it's little things like that really. It's just being able to to be involved in that and have that kind of work is is just magical really. Well I can definitely relate to that as a chiropractor. 
a great satisfaction and you know helping people to change their lives of course yeah we, yeah, we yeah. facilitate it with them don't we they do the healing facilitate, yeah that's a great word yeah yeah so i mean i could definitely relate to that job satisfaction well it's not a job really is it you know it's a pleasure <laughs> no it's not is it no wrong word yeah yeah indeed so um you you mentioned nutrition a little bit let's let's uh, talk a little bit about nutrition so obviously there's many many different diets and different programs out there what um health practices with regard to nutrition would you recommend health seekers follow good question there's um i think the first thing is it's i think it's so difficult i see that yeah i see this a lot people say you're just confused about diet and there's so much conflicting advice out there isn't there you know you read in the papers that chocolate's good for you and it's bad for you and then you know is red wine good for you it's uh, dairy products good for you it's it's really tough I think to just to know and so my approach really is I, I first of all is you know to I do believe in trusting your <laughs> pun no pun intended uh, trusting your gut but first thing is I think you know the more you can tune in to food and observe and be mindful of what are the specific effects of certain foods for you, then the easier it is. Because in Chinese medicine we say that you know there's no such thing as a one size fits all approach. So I would never say that you know paleo diet is good or that it's bad or the same for any other kind of diet because it's common sense really but of course we're all different, you know? So how can there be one diet? or one nutritional plan which is going to suit everyone. So I actually don't think of foods in terms of good or bad. I mean there's some there's some generalizations that I think we can safely agree that an apple is better for you than a Mars bar for instance, but is a food good for you or bad for you? It, it depends who you are. And the, the Chinese approach to nutrition is not to say good or bad but simply to say what is the effect of a food and then once you know that, then you can say, do I need that or not? Is that helpful for me or not? Um, so there's a, a whole field, massive field of Chinese medicine, which is not spoken about much, sometimes called dietary therapy or uh, food energetics. And I suppose that the, the simple example would be to talk about food energetics is take a chili pepper. Well, we, what we say is that a chili pepper has a hot energy. All that means is that when you eat it, you get hot kind of obvious I know but then so what's the implications of that well if you're already a naturally hot person if you've got too much heat already well let's say you're suffering from a hot condition maybe yeah you've got you know some kind of injury or maybe condition for instance which is red and feels hoiling inflammation uh, so so we say all right you've got too much heat in your body already so for you chili peppers and other heating foods aren't going to be so good. On the other hand, some cooling foods might be beneficial. But of course for the next person, maybe who's on the cold side or has a, a more of a cold condition, the opposite might be true. So it's a way of, it's a really, I think it's really interesting and again in a way common sense way of saying there's no such thing as good or bad, but what is it that suits you? And some of that you can do just by, by observation. Um, and some of it, obviously, for you know, I work in quite detail 
oftentimes with people to to really work out exactly what foods are going to be good or bad for them but equally you know just tuning in and, and observing so that's a very long-winded way of saying actually I, I don't particularly recommend any specific kind of diet or nutrition plan and then again I, there's there's not any or many that I don't think are any good either I think it's just a case of horses for courses really that's an interesting way of looking at it um, so uh, you don't you don't sound convinced <laughs> oh no it's just a, just a, just a, it's a different way of looking at it you know it's yeah, that's it why uh, you know on this program I'm interviewing so many different uh, experts in different fields relating to health because I want to hear all these perspectives because like I think you mentioned a phrase horses for courses um, yeah. you know, different things work for different people don't they there's a, there's a um, there's a place for everyone in the healing arts because you know different things work for different people and that's, yeah. I've definitely yeah. noticed that over the years I'm uh, I'm, I'm intrigued you're talking about the, the hot and the cold because uh, I think last time I uh, spoke to you, I was telling you about um, a Chinese medicine doctor I was working with uh, a few years back. She used to talk mm. about the hot and the cold um, and how if you're really hot, then you you know, you know probably want to have some cooling foods, etc. Mm. Um, she mentioned a few things about eczema. What's your take on eczema? I'm presuming, I'm just guessing really, uh, that that would be heat and maybe you'd want to be cooling yourself down. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and you know, one of the simple ways that you, you, you recognise heat in the body is redness, of course, and, and very often the eczema is red uh, and often feels hot as well. But it's, um, again, it's there's a bit of kind of personal difference there. So I would say that for most people, probably probably for the vast majority actually the eczema you could you could class as a hot condition but the 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 way we classify things in in from a chinese perspective is that it's dependent on the person and the person's exact symptoms and state of being rather than the condition so what that means is that eczema is not always going to be the same thing because everyone's eczema is going to be slightly different and different people will be slightly different. So, But on the whole, yeah, I agree. I think it's, eczema is going to be a hot disease. And yeah, this, this kind of idea of hot and cold is quite fundamental actually to, to Chinese thought and the, the ideas of health. That it's, so it's yin and yang, basically. The, everything in the world, including human health, can be categorized as uh, both yin and yang. And I say both because they're, they're relative terms and there's no extremes. Nothing is either yin or yang. Everything's a mixture. But some things can be more or less yin and yang. And so yang is, is the hot aspect in this case and yin is the cool aspect. So we'd, we'd call something like eczema probably more of a yang type disease because it has this idea of heat. So it's all about balance. It's always about balance, I think. And with health generally, not just in Chinese medicine, but if there's too much of something, you need less. And if there's not enough, you need more put it simply and that's that's the philosophy of yin and yang really that everything comes into balance and in many ways health is balance i would say i couldn't agree more i say that all the time it is all about uh, bringing back balance i yeah. i talk about you know eat well move well think well and you'll be well you know mm. or, or, or put another way 
you know everybody has lots of different stressors in their life, physical, chemical, yeah. emotional stresses. We talk about in chiropractic, and um, you know if you get too much of any 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 of those three things, you're out of balance, aren't you? Simple as. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny actually. That reminds me a lot of um, the concept of in in Chinese medicine the three treasures. If you've come across that one before. It sounds like a similar thing, yeah. Well, what's what's, yeah. what's the concept? Yeah, exactly the same idea. So the, the three treasures are in Chinese they're called Shen, Qi, and Jin, and it's so Qi we talked about a little bit. That's your your kind of day to day energy that kind of keeps you moving, and then you've got Shen is much more your mental and emotional and spiritual kind of aspects, um, and then Jin is much more your kind of that's more kind of enduring and deep, so it's more like you're you're linked to to the past and you you inherit gene from your parents. That accounts for kind of hereditary kind of things, and so it's similar kind of thing that you you can't just look at one. You know, you need to look at the big picture and, and approach it holistically and, and consider all different aspects of health. Couldn't agree Same more. With, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of crossover in philosophies between the chiropractic and and Chinese medicine by the sounds of it, which is cool. So yeah, I always find it reassuring when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good thing, isn't it? When you when when you see some, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Collaboration is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Similarities. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, if you were to start again on your your health journey, let's say, what would you do differently, and why? I always find questions like that quite difficult, and I think the reason is because I think you know everything that happens to you in your life is maybe not for a reason, or maybe it is, but wherever you get to, it is a result of so many things. Like you were asking about um, failures earlier, and you know, it'd be easier to say oh, it'd be good to not have any failures, but as as we were talking about, failures are what lead you to successes. You, you know, you hopefully learn from them. So. It's hard to say. I think one thing I would definitely say is I would want to end up in Chinese medicine because I just find it such a, a powerful and, and amazing system to work with. But I would like to have got here maybe a bit quicker. And what I didn't say earlier is you know, I started my Tai Chi class, I started getting interested in Chinese medicine. And then, but that grew very slowly. And in the meantime, I finished university, graduated, and drifted into a, a desk job doing IT. And kind of supposed to be for a few weeks. We know these things go. Five or six years later, I was still at the same company. Um, and I kind of got a bit stuck in a rut. And it took me a while. And that's why it took me a while to kind of get out of that and and kind of really see what I wanted to do. Um, and and then went on. You know, to, to kind of get to where I am now. But so I kind of, in a way, I wouldn't mind if if I could go back and turn turn back the time. I I think I just I would have liked to have maybe grasped it a bit quicker and not just kind of settled for sitting around and staring at a computer all day every day. Maybe I, if I'd have more quickly realised that I couldn't do that for the rest of my life, that might have been a good thing. But I'm not complaining. I'm I I got there and I'm happy. <laughs> Good stuff. Nice one. So let, let's focus a little bit on um, energy and performance because, you know, with, with my coaching clients, that's what I deal with primarily. Um, so uh, what if there was three things that you could advise people to do 
to boost their energy and performance from you know the paradigm that you're in what would those three things be good question i think first of all obviously i guess diet is i think so crucial so important and you know i i, I was careful not to work, not to kind of recommend any specific kind of diet earlier but i think the obvious rules of diet which actually we all know are the most important ones so and what i mean by that is eating good natural um wide range of food and not too much processed food and, and essentially junk um i don't know if you do you know the food writer michael pollan have you come across him before i know of him i don't know a great deal about yeah. him though he's um he's he's not a, a nothing to do with Chinese medicine, but he, uh, he's got a lovely little book called Food Rules. And he, he says that you can sum up the, the, the whole of nutritional advice in seven words. And those seven words are eat food, mainly plants, not too much. And I thought, do you know what? That's pretty much it, really. It, so by eat food, he means not junk so you know not chemicals and artificial additives and things like that but real you know something that you can pull off a tree dig out of the ground or if you eat meat you know kill and eat um and not too much and mainly plants and that's you know we all kind of know that actually it's the real basics of healthy diet but that is far more important than than the more specific things about you know percentages of protein or you know are you getting up zinc and all that kind of stuff which it's easy to get caught up on those fine details but actually the basics are more important i think um, and that's one of the things i like about the paleolithic diet that at its base it just says eat healthy natural food you know not processed but just in you know as close to natural state as possible so that's kind of a, just a long-winded way of saying really obvious stuff. I appreciate that, but but it's easy to overlook actually. I think so. That would be my number one is food. Okay. Um, I think actually approaching everything holistically. I think and approaching health holistically is really important. So, um, what's a good example? I'll give, you, I'll give you a quote. There's a, a, an old, really ancient um, Chinese philosopher and doctor and poet uh, called Ge Hung, who lived about uh, 2,000 years ago, roughly, uh, not quite. And he said, uh, in everything pertaining to the nurturing of life, one must look widely, learn how to select, and not rely on any one speciality. And that's advice that I try and follow and that I try and pass on. So an example of, of what that means is, well, diet again is a good example actually. You know, I, I see a lot of people who have basically a pretty sound diet, who eat you know, really quite well, and who want to know what can I do to improve my diet, to improve my health, maybe for more energy, or for you know, maybe athletes or something, they're looking for kind of peak performance. And, but if you've got a really good diet already, then looking for a tweak of your diet might not be the most efficient thing you can do or might not even be really that important to think about. Whereas it might be something like reducing stress levels or 
uh, getting better quality sleep or I don't know, you know, it could be anything or you know, a different kind of training regime or, or indeed doing some kind of physical exercise if you don't do much already. But it's easy to get caught up in one thing, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I think a more a more holistic approach where you you make small changes to as many aspects of your health as you can think of will often have a much bigger effect than making a really big change just to one thing. And it's easier to, to do to boot because completely changing any one thing, suddenly doing tons of exercise if you don't currently do any, or completely radically changing your diet is a big ask. And often really, you know, maybe not possible, but really difficult. Whereas making small changes across the board is much more doable and more sustainable. So doing a little bit more exercise and eating a bit better and learning some stress reduction techniques and whatever it is, doing all those things together can have a much bigger effect, I think. I agree. No doubt. Yeah. So what what um, re stress reduction techniques you, you mentioned? What would um, one or two of those? What would you recommend? Well, we talked a little bit about Tai Chi and Qigong, and those I think those are absolutely superb. For for me anyway, and I'm certainly not the only one. Just and and the, I think the power of them. The reason they're so good for stress reduction is the 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 way they teach you to be mindful, really. Um, so you know, mindfulness is is a popular idea these days, and I think mainly Buddhist derived so I'm aware. Um, so we don't tend to use mindful that much in Tai Chi and kind of circles, but essentially that's what you're doing is you're becoming tuned in and aware of yourself and that means physically, mentally and emotionally. And that awareness and, and being able to observe yourself I think is is really profound because for a start you can't change what you can't see. Um, so, so whether it's a, a Buddhist style meditation or mindfulness techniques or something like Tai Chi or Qigong, just that it's kind of a slowing down and a turning of the attention inwards. And there's lots of different ways to do that, I think. For me, Tai Chi and Qigong are, are really good. Um, but you, I think you can't, you can't relax and deal with stress unless you can see that stress quite clearly. As if you, and that might just be a physical thing. You know, you, a lot of people have very tense shoulders. You know, shoulders up around your ears, kind of thing. Um, but until you realise that that's there. You can't relax them, and that, you know the same on other levels as well, mentally, emotionally as well. So, I think it's for me, it's a lot to do with awareness and mindfulness, and and like I say, there's, there's different ways into that. Uh, that could be like a formal kind of meditation type thing, um, but for me, Tai Chi and Qigong are second to none really when it comes to to stress reduction. Excellent advice. I I, I couldn't agree more with regards to. Um... You know, we do need to go inward, meditate in some way, shape or form, whether that be, you know, transcendental meditations, what I do, whether it's mindfulness or whether it is um, Qigong or Tai Chi or whatever it is. We need to spend some time just taking some time out, don't we? Mentally, yeah. taking some time out. We have such active, busy lives that, you know, we need that downtime. 
and you know sitting in front of the telly is <laughs> relaxing in a sense but it's not really the same thing so i think yeah that that kind of quiet time is is the the perfect counter to the the busyness that frankly we we all have most of the time it is indeed like the the 21st century is just crazy busy all the time isn't it it's unreal even in the last 10 years i've noticed it's probably double in in pace and stuff that's required from you it's mad it's so, difficult isn't it i think there's there's no there's no easy way around it that we all have so many pressures on ourselves whether that's work or family or you know all kinds of things and there's, there seems to be always so much to do doesn't there and that's which makes it in a way all the it seems all the harder then to to have that downtime, to, to find the time, you know, oh, how can I possibly have time to meditate or to do my Tai Chi practice or my yoga or whatever, because you're so busy. But of course, it's the, the irony is the, the busier you are, the the more important it is to do those things, to, to counteract that busyness. But it's kind of a, a bit of a catch-22 in a sense. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the same time, like you say, you'd be crazy not to make the time to take that time out. Cause, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, you've got to slow down before you can go faster, haven't you? Metaphorically, as yeah. well as as well as yeah. uh, literally. That sounds like a good. That's a kind of good Taoist uh, contradiction kind of thing there. That's, I like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that. it's kind of cool. I heard that a few years back, and I uh, I borrowed it. So yeah, indeed. So it, it's been fantastic to have you on the call tonight, Neil. Thanks, thanks a million for uh, coming on at very short notice there. It was uh, a lifesaver. It's been great chatting to you, and, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome, mate. So for those people that want to find out more about yourself, Neil, where should they go, and is, is there any sort of uh, gift or download or anything that you want to give them as well? Yeah, so uh, the best thing is probably to check out my website, which is my name, so it's neilking.com, N-E-I-L-K-I-N-G-H-A-M, neilking.com, and there's tons of stuff on there, loads of free information. Uh, there's also, for anyone who's interested in this, these kind of topics that I've been talking about, and, and specifically the, the Chinese approach, uh, then you can download my free guide to the, the Chinese health arts, which is optimistically called live forever feel amazing i can't necessarily guarantee you'll live forever once you've read it but yeah you might be a little bit closer um and there's tons of stuff there um my email newsletter comes out every six weeks or so so you can sign up for that um with loads of stuff like this and there's loads more there's loads more stuff in the pipeline actually there's some ongoing training but there's i'm working on a few new kind of things some online stuff and some new kind of seminars and things so i'll be revealing more about those yeah, as, as and when they're ready, which should be soonish. So best thing to do, check out the website and uh, sign up for the newsletter, I guess, if you're interested in more. Excellent stuff. Thanks again, Neil. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very welcome. You've been listening to Dr. Danny Scarhill on the Total Health Transformation podcast, helping you to eat, move and think on purpose. See you on our next episode.